0: I think the last uh, two weeks have been the longest in my life, with each day bringing change and challenge to the way we live our lives and the way we work as a church community. But today's worship reminds us that the life and work of the church goes on. The doors may be shut but the church is not closed. The doors may be shut, but God is open, open to your prayers and to your praises. As one journalist wrote this week, the birds are singing and it will pass. We may be dispersed and anxious, but in Christ we are united and renewed. Britain today may be a strange land, but we can still sing the songs of faith. And singing is part of what being human is about. It's an instinct within us all, whether we are croakers or wonderful opera singers. We may not be as good at it as the birds, but over thousands of years, we have learnt to sing for our own pleasure, to share stories and legends, and to sing in worship to the God who made and rescues us. Singing is part of the way our nation comes together. Think of the rugby or football stadiums, the concert halls, the music festivals, the chapels and cathedrals. Think back to the summer of 2012, can you remember that far back? I don't know. The opening ceremony of the London Olympics, and that moment when Emily Sandé began singing, Abide with me, fast falls the eventide, the darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, Lord, with me abide. Help of the helpless, oh, abide. With me. I hope and pray that before too long we will be able to gather again to party and to sing, to sing to enjoy each other's company, but to sing to God together in praise. But for now, we can hold on to these great songs of humanity and of faith. We can allow music to lift our hearts and poetry to stir our minds and quieten our anxious thoughts. And perhaps there is no greater song in the world than the 23rd Psalm, loved by Jews and Christians alike, and people outside those faith communities. While other psalms speak of many different emotions, fear, anger, despair, thankfulness, This psalm speaks of reassurance and trust. Say it to yourself, and almost inevitably, you will feel calmer and more collected. Even when it moves to the darker places of life, it assures us of God's presence within it. Many of the older generation among you will have learnt the old King James Version of this great psalm. With that verse, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Wherever you are today, whatever your circumstances, your hopes or fears, know that God is with you and let that bring you hope and confidence and peace. This psalm is immensely personal. The Lord is my shepherd. But shepherds always have a flock, never just one sheep. Certainly I've not come across a shepherd with only one sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, but the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is the shepherd of your Muslim neighbor, your agnostic friend, your atheist colleague. Whatever their background, whatever their beliefs, the Lord is their shepherd too. And for Christians, we cannot say this psalm without thinking of Jesus. Jesus and his story, stories of shepherds searching for lost sheep, and his words in John's Gospel I am the Good Shepherd. I am the Good Shepherd. In one sense, this last week has never felt so disconnected. Disconnected to my brothers and sisters in the church family. I can't visit people in their homes, which has been such an important part of my ministry over many years. I can't come together to share communion with my brothers and sisters in this Christian community. The sheep can feel isolated and alone. The flock scattered and yet through modern technology I have never felt so connected to you and others in the church family across the world. I received messages from family and friends and from the wider community to give just three examples. There's the message from ministers from our synod who at present are in India A video message on Facebook to assure us of our prayers. And then there was a circular from the World Council of Churches with a message from their General Secretary and moderator, urging people to give highest priority, in their words, to doing whatever we can to protect life. This, they say, is a time to touch each other's hearts by what we say, what we share, what we do and what we do not do to protect the life God loves so much. I love that picture of touching each other's hearts. May we do that today. And then there was a letter from our URC General Secretary, John Proctor, that closed with a prayer. Lord Jesus, in the midst of a storm, you said, peace, be still, bid our anxious fears subside, sustain your church in faith, hope, and love, bring our nation through this tumult, grant wisdom to those with heavy responsibilities, and healing and hope to those who are infected. Amen. In heart and in prayer, we can stay connected as Christians and as human beings. We can remember that we are part of one flock, Christ's flock, and invite others to find that love and peace within the one flock too. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. So let's reach out to each other, touch each other in our hearts this week, by phone calls and acts of kindness, by disciplined prayer and deepened faith, trusting in the Good Shepherd, the Eternal One who gives us all life and a living hope. Amen. Our next hymn, Father, Hear the Prayer We Offer, was written back in 1856 by the wonderfully named American poet, Love Maria Willis. It has echoes of the 23rd Psalm, but it reminds us that life is not all green pastures or still waters. The God who is with us in the moments of peace is also with us in the moments of great testing and uncertainty. Father, hear the prayer we offer.